Thank you for joining us for today's show. You can follow us on Facebook or visit our website at BeatitudesChurch.org. Beatitudes Radio, empowering people to enrich society. Agents of Change. Last Sunday, Pastor Tony introduced us to his new Judges worship series. He examined the Old Testament account of the small nation of Israelites, tossed about in an endless cycle of captivity and release, captivity and release, turning inward to become a spiritual community exclusive to itself and to one God. He compared that to today's pluralistic religious landscape, made up of a multitude of spiritual communities from all faiths, some still vying for exclusivity, and others speaking of tolerance and shared values as modeled by Jesus. He reminded us that it will take agents of change like you and me to shift and evolve to wholeness and unity. Today's sermon is from our vault of archived messages from the past two years. Pastor Tony preached it on March 22, 2020, when our nation and our church had just then moved into the first lockdown over the coronavirus known as COVID-19. Pastor Tony chose to replay this one for you today as a reminder of how far that we have come and how much our spiritual community at Beatitudes and our world has adapted amidst the endless cycle of variants and protocols, toilet paper hoarding, and mandates, kind of like those Israelites. Today's three scripture verses are from that same sermon in 2020, and they provide us comfort, diminishing our fear in the face of uncertainty. They continue to speak to us today, but maybe from a new perspective, a new lens that has been forged in experience that can only be crafted by we, the agents of change. The first is from Deuteronomy 31, verse 8. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. And the second is from 1 John 4, verse 18. There is no fear in love. But perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. And the last is from Isaiah 43, verse 1, Israel's only Savior. But now, this is what the Lord says. He who crafted you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear For I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name, and you are mine. So, listen now to Pastor Tony's previous message. Toilet paper 
hoarding. Who would have ever thought that people would go out of their way to literally go out and buy as many cases of this as they could? But it's happening. And the question is, why? And there's a variety of answers out there as to why that is happening. Today, I want to share with you an idea that I have, and that is the reason why people are hoarding toilet paper is they want a sense of control. Let me explain. Coronavirus has introduced within our society and with each and every one of us so many different emotions. I think the one that is most likely to hit the majority of us is fear and a sense of anxiety. We feel fear and anxiety when we have this sense of uncertainty. We don't know for sure what's going to happen next. And if you look at just the COVID-19 and what it tells us is there's a good reason why our bodies and our emotions are responding the way they are. For example, we know coronavirus has been around. It comes around every year in the form of the flu. However, this coronavirus is new. It's something that we've never experienced before. It's something that scientists have never seen before. It's taken a great deal of time for them to figure it out, actually, what it consisted of. That sense of being new, and then on top of that, the reason why our emotions get all fired up is because it's invisible. I mean, if you see a car all of a sudden look like it's going to pull out in front of you, your body reacts. You can respond to that because it's right there. It's visible. Coronavirus, invisible. And so we creates this fear and anxiety of where is it? When will it attack? Will it come and get me? And then on top of that, the coronavirus 19 is surrounded with a sense of mystery. We still don't know all there is to know yet about this virus. We don't know for sure how it's going to impact people. We don't know if people once exposed can be re-exposed. There's so much mystery around this. All of that creates this feeling of uncertainty and it just kind of simmers right here in our gut. The other area that affects us is our health. When you think about our typical daily life as it was before COVID-19, the majority of us were aware of our health challenges, some perhaps more than others, but we knew what was the constant at least at that point. Occasionally something would happen that would surprise us. So if you take all those issues that we have around health to begin with, and then on top of that add COVID-19, all of a sudden, there's this heightened sense of our health. So we're concerned for ourselves. Are we going to get this? And then we're secondly, we're concerned for those in our family and our friends that are more susceptible if they do get it and they're vulnerable to what might happen. And that, again, creates this feeling of uncertainty. Will I get it? Will my family get it? Will my friends get it? And as we walk around, if we go outside of our house, we may be looking at people going, do they have it? Do they have it? Do they have it? And then add that third element, and that's the economic piece of this. Financially, probably each of us have it know of someone who is radically being affected financially because of this. People losing their jobs, small businesses that have been up and running for perhaps only a year all of a sudden, they're just beginning to, to see an income, to make a profit, and then, bam, everything shuts down on them. 
and they're left to wonder, how am I going to pay my bills? People are being laid off. People are being put down to part-time. People are losing their job. They're losing their health benefits. It is truly a time of uncertainty. Now, during this time of COVID-19, we feel this sense of risk, but it's a brand new risk. What's amazing is humanity has a way of adjusting and having what we would call acceptable risks. For example, if you drive your car, last year alone, 1.25 million people were killed in traffic accidents. That's far more than they're speculating that more than likely will happen as far as deaths with COVID-19. That's a high risk. So why do we keep driving? Because it's an acceptable risk. Also, we have this false assumption in our mind that when we're behind the wheel, we're in control. And that makes us feel good. And that's why COVID-19 is having the difficulties in us that we're feeling inside. That's why people are going out and panic buying toilet paper. Because when you go out and you do panic buying, what it does is it gives you a sense of satisfying these emotions inside. When I feel like I don't have control, if I go out and buy something, and then I bring it home and I stockpile everything, it gives me this sense of like, ah, now you're in control. You've made things right. Now I've taken a little bit of this uncertainty and brought certainty in. If I know you toilet paper, I know I got three to four cases over there, and that makes me feel good inside. I feel more secure. Some psychologists actually believe that as bad as this is, this hoarding, it actually might have health benefits for people. Who would have thunk that, huh? And here's why. Because if you feel more secure, you're not going to be as stressed. And if you're not as stressed, your immunity goes up. And you have a stronger sense of being able to fight the virus. Now, I'm not telling you to go out and bunch, buy a bunch of toilet paper. But what happens is we are looking for control. Because if I have control, then I feel certainty. If I feel a sense of certainty, then I don't have as much fear. And we know that fear can be difficult on us up here and the rest of our body. That's why I believe that we find throughout sacred writings an admonition to not be afraid. Jesus himself even tells us not to worry be more like the birds and the flowers. Everything's given to them. They're taken care of. And so we are to have, we are told, we are to have faith and not be afraid. That's great advice. However, Jesus didn't explain how we are not to be afraid. We keep hearing over and over, right? Have faith, don't be afraid. Have faith, don't be afraid. And no one ever gives us solid, Jesus doesn't give us solid reasons as to how we're not to be afraid. And often what we hear is just pray. That will help you. And for some people it does. But I would like to give you three pointers that might help you and I deal with our fear. Number one, accept what is. We are told that we are to wash our hands frequently, 
not touch our face, and all these other steps we are to do. In some ways, that seems so simple. It's almost like, really, that's going to work? That's going to keep the COVID-19 virus from coming, this invisible, mysterious thing from coming into me? Um, they're saying yes. But if that's true, then to accept what is, that means I need to wash my hands. Now, they're telling us that we should wash our hands, and while we're washing them, that we should sing happy birthday two times. I, this last week, I tried something different. Instead, as I was washing my hands, I prayed an abbreviated version of the serenity prayer. As I was washing my hands, God grant me the serenity to accept those things which I cannot change. And then bless me with courage to do those things and bring about the changes, those things that I can change. And then may I have the wisdom to know the difference. And I found out that if I did that twice, that little mantra, it actually gave me my full 20 seconds and it re-centered me in the sense of accepting what truly is going on right now and what I'm feeling. So that would be the first thing I would encourage you to do is whatever way you find that works for you, find a way of just accepting what is going on in your life and in the world right now. Number two, pay attention to your thoughts. I don't know about you, but there are times where I actually imagine my thoughts being in this bouncing um, ball thing where it's lit. If you ever watch kids, they go into these bouncing rooms and they're just bouncing everywhere. Bam, 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 everywhere they're bouncing. That to me is sometimes what my thoughts are. They're like whoop, whoop, whoop all over the place. So how do we bring them into stillness? A practice that I read about that I think is incredible to think about is to actually talk to your emotions. To say to your fear, to say to your anxiety, thank you for your desire to protect me. Because that's what they're trying to do. Our emotions, like fear and anxiety, they really are trying to protect us. So if we could say to them, thank you for your willingness to protect me. At this moment, at this very moment now, everything's okay. And if you can say that to your emotions and to your thoughts, and then become present in this moment again, you can watch all these wild thoughts that are bouncing around calm down. And that allows you to find a sense of peace. And in that peace, you can actually find a sense of control. Now, perhaps you have one rebellious child, one rebellious thought that you try that and it continues to just bounce all over the place. That thought continues to come back and just bam, bam in your mind. What do you do with that one? One of the things you can do is as that thought comes into your mind, stop and ask, is this thought workable? Is there something right now I could do with this thought? Is there a plan of action? Is there something that I could follow through up so that I can have a sense of peace from this thought? And if it's not, then you let it go. Third thing. So once you can accept what is, once you begin to pay attention to your thoughts, then the third one is 
practice empathy. One of the best ways to give us a sense of control, a sense of dealing with this uncertainty and the fear and anxiety that all comes through this is paying attention to other people. Again, right now it is so easy for all of us just to get our blinders on and think about me, my, and mine. It's so easy for us to worry about just those in our inner circle. But if we can step back from that just a little bit, it's like this camera, if we could just zoom it back and begin to realize the larger world around us, all of a sudden we begin to feel empathy. We begin to feel a sense of what other people might be feeling. You can think about that young family in the Midwest who right now is worried about their income. They have children no longer able to put them in daycare. Kids are out of school. How do you provide for them? How do you keep working? What happens if you lose your job? If you can allow yourself to begin to think about all these other people in difficult situations, here's one for those of you who are viewing here in Phoenix. I saw it last night on TV, is that they are literally out on the streets cleaning these places for these homeless camps trying to create an environment where they're safe, but yet if I stop and think about what could happen to those individuals who live out on the streets and how COVID-19 could spread through among them, all of a sudden my life becomes a lot easier. You see, Jesus understood how difficult and harmful fear can be in our lives. I think the challenge for us is to take that admonition and then figure out, given a 21st century and the knowledge that we have about psychology and sociology and anthropology, and understand how do I take that principle that Jesus talks about and apply it and at least begin to diminish the element of fear in my life. Reality is you're not going to get rid of all of it, and you shouldn't. Because fear helps us pay attention and to take things seriously and to evolve and to prevent some of these terrible things that could happen. But at least let's listen to Jesus when he says, don't be afraid, and try to do things to at least bring it from being on a scale of 8 out of 10, maybe bring it down to a 4. When I was growing up, lived in Southern California, we spent a lot of time down at the ocean loved body surfing, just loved it. And as you're out there, you would just watch the waves one right after another. And if you could, you would catch it and you would just feel it carry you. I tried surfing, not as good at that. But what is amazing is you can either fight the wave or you can go with the wave. Right now, we are being inundated with waves of uncertainty. We are being inundated with one wave after the other of our fears and anxieties of what is going to happen next, not only to us personally, but in our world. Well, the waves aren't going to stop. So you got to decide what you're going to do. You can let the waves toss you around and throw you around, or you can learn how to surf, surf those things and ride those waves and begin to take it and have a little bit more control of your life. Therefore, perhaps you won't need this as much as you think you do.
Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's show. You can help us to continue this program by making your donations at BeatitudesChurch.org backslash online dash giving. Beatitudes Radio, empowering people to enrich society.